0: back into the short course saloon. My name is Joel Penfield. Just a quick intro for you today. We have two awesome interviews for you on this episode. I interviewed Colton Lovelace. He is the video coordinator for OSU Baseball. Works a lot with the new technology in operate Stadium. We profiled some players, talked about some of the technology, how the coaches use it, and his role with the team as a graduate assistant. And Philip recorded an interview last week, the uh, last Thursday, with Anna Beffer, our favorite cowgirl soccer correspondent. She is the color commentator for FC Tulsa and for OSU Cowgirls soccer on ESPN plus season's gone really well. The spring season has gone well for them. So Phil checks in with her and sees, you know, what she thinks about the season so far and how are things are looking as we head towards the NCAA tournament here coming up here in May. If we've got a, we apologize for the uh, the delay on this episode. Uh, we recorded one last week, but I was dealing with some technical issues on my end. My audio really wasn't coming through like I wanted, so we scrapped it. Unfortunately, we're gonna find a way to get an episode out within the next few days. Hopefully, we're kind of recapping basketball season. We had our thoughts on the Mike Boynton extension and Kade deciding to go pro, which. Uh, Unfortunately, like I said, my audio just didn't quite take the way I wanted to. It wasn't going to sound good for you guys, so I didn't want to put out bad content for you. But we'll have that hopefully out for you fairly soon, put a bow on the basketball season, and move, dive headfirst into spring sports, as we have done in bits and pieces during the end of the basketball season. And then we'll have a little spring football as well, so there's still a lot to talk about. Really exciting. Before we get into that interview uh, with Anna Beffer, we have a sponsor for the podcast right now. We're really excited. This is the first time we get to do this, live ad read, the whole deal. But we are I'm introducing our new sponsor, Homefield. They are a premium collegiate apparel brand uh, that specializes in officially licensed apparel uh, with vintage college designs. Now, the reason why I get to do this now and we can't thank them enough for sponsoring our podcast is because they have officially launched their OSU line for their on their site comes out today on April 8th. So if you guys if you listen to this, you go to homefieldapparel.com. You'll see the Oklahoma State line. The it's such a cool site because they have so many different schools ranging from your Power Five schools to so smaller schools. Just a really cool vintage. Uh, and throwback logos for all of these schools. It's a very cool way to, to get into you know, college sports in a different way and just collect some of these really cool shirts, like from Slippery Rock or San Diego State or Georgetown or Alabama, Auburn, Army. The, the list goes on. It's a really cool way uh, to collect some of these college shirts. And now Oklahoma State finally is a part of the home field family, and they get their own line of shirts. Homefield digs through the archives to locate, lo- find unique OSU logos, mascots, etc. To create thoughtful designs for for all of these schools. I I have gotten, thankfully, uh, Homefield has has sent me uh, and Philip and a few uh, and Micah uh, some free shirts with the OSU line. I haven't gotten it yet, but I'm really excited to see uh, what it looks like when it gets here. I know I've gotten the chance to look at the line. I'm so excited for you guys to get to see it as well. Go to homefieldapparel.com and when you purchase either your OSU shirt or any of the other fine shirts that they have on their website, use code CRFF at checkout for 15% off your first purchase. As I said, homefieldapparel.com, use promo code CRFF at checkout to get 15% off an awesome homefield apparel shirt. We are so excited. That we finally get the OSU line on their website. Thank you once again to Homefield for sponsoring our podcast for at least the next little bit, and we'll see where it goes from there. Without further ado, we we'll have an interview with Anna Beffer that uh, Philip did, and then I'll be talking with Colton Lovelace right after. Hope you guys enjoy this episode. As always, be sure to like, rate, subscribe, all that good stuff,
1: and we'll talk to you on the next one. Take care, everybody. Very excited to have our good friend Anna Beffer back joining us today. Color commentary for the Cowgirls, color commentary for uh, FC Tulsa. Uh, Anna, welcome back to the show.
2: Hey, thanks. Thanks for having me.
1: Absolutely. Really excited to talk a little Cowgirl soccer again. And it's been a bit since we had you on. When last we had you on, uh, the Cowgirls were just getting ready to start their uh, their spring schedule. Uh, uh, six or seven games late. Uh I think everything getting kind of moved around because of covid and and so far so good. They are five and zero. Kicked things off with win over Little Rock three zero. A couple of really big road wins over two teams in St. Louis and North Texas, who at that point hadn't lost a match at home in quite some time. Uh, a big a big win over UTEP, and then of course I think where we want to start is this win on Saturday, uh, the second Bedlam match. This one in Stillwater with a two zero win. Um, what what are your thoughts on on the team after this Saturday's uh, this nice Bedlam victory?
2: Yeah, well, I mean, as you mentioned, they started off the season or the, I guess the second half of the season really, really well. Um, I I actually I, I caught Colin in the locker room uh, before the Bedlam game and he was just talking about how just incredible that win was against UNT for so many reasons too. Away just you mentioned they had, you know, their home record was just unbelievable and to come in there and play a tough UNT team. Um, plots went out early with a red card. So really the script was written for it for everything to go wrong. And Colin was just super proud of that group for kind of buckling down and finding a way to win in a tough, tough environment. So I think that almost kind of not was a turning point, but was kind of a point where I know if I was in that position where you really start to kind of feel and believe like, Hey, we're really good. Like this, we can really do this thing and keep going. And I think that um, carried over into that Bedlam victory too, because I mean, those good teams, you know, not every game is perfect. Not every game goes to plan. And they definitely had their moments against OU where they looked really good. And then they had their moments where they were lacking in the final third or couldn't connect that final pass in the run of play, but they were able to in good areas and, you know, get two PKs as a result of it and convert. So I think that was huge. Um, OU always plays them um, really tough, no matter really what either team's record is. We've talked about how Bedlam rivalries can really go either way, um, just with the emotions and everything involved. So I think that was obviously a huge win for them and sets them up really nicely as they
1: head into TCU. Yeah, obviously, yeah. for this Bedlam series, OSU winners of four in a row. They've won eight of the last 10. There's a loss and a draw in there. And, and, and OSU has dominated this series. I know it's a, it's a close series, typically, decided by a, by one or two goals, but OSU dominates the series overall, 29, 9, and 3, which mm-hmm. is really impressive. Yeah. I mean... Going 2-0 this season, I know OU's not, there's a little down this year, but Mm -hmm. it it did feel like a pretty close matchup as usual between the two teams.
2: Yeah, no, it did. I mean, I mean, I know I've said this before, but whenever you have those Bedlam games, just the in-state rivalry, just the bragging rights, all of it, all of the above, the emotions are high and no matter what the record is, you come to play. And I think OU, really every game that they've played this year, I mean, their record doesn't show but they've played each game tight I mean they played TCU really really tight they only lost to TCU by two and they had two quick goals but really the most part they played them really well so they're not just rolling over and you know getting crushed by these teams and that was heightened against OSU because I mean who wouldn't want to knock off obviously a rival but then OSU was on I think at that point a seven game win streak Um, so that's enough motivation for OU to come in and you know crash their party so they came to play um and they'll continue to you know to go to continue to play and play hard and the remainder of the season but osu showed up and did what they needed to do and you know that's kind of the mentality that they've had is this whole year is you know sometimes you have to scrap out a win or maybe went on a couple set pieces or pks or whatever you have to do but i mean osu is kind of on fire in a sense where their mentality is right where it needs to be and everyone's kind of clicking and the chemistry's right. And I, th- I think it's just kind of great heading into the home stretch of the season.
1: I want to go back and talk about the two uh, road victories. Uh, the first one back on March 6th over uh, St. Louis on the road. Look, St. Louis was ranked at that point. Right. You know, they were on a, a 25, five game unbeaten streak at home. Mm-hmm. And this one coming down to overtime, a penalty kick by Grace Yoakum, who you'll hear us talk about again here in a minute.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: that was an incredibly close game.
2: Yeah,
1: and one that I mean, look it, say, one of the things I like about the non-football sports and the non-basket even basketball to some extent <laughs> is the teams that are really good aren't always your power five teams. St. Louis is a really solid program. I mean, this mm-hmm. is a, this was a good team. They were like I said, yeah, they yeah. Were ranked. They were five and zero at the time, and, and OSU went on the road in a really tight one and came away a victory. I, I think that was that's that one really impressed me. Because I I don't know that I would say St. Louis was as good as West Virginia and TCU in the Big 12 this year, but Mm -hmm. for OSU to come away with that win I thought was really impressive.
2: Yeah, no, I 100% agree, and you're right. And even with these teams that, you know, the St. Louis's and the UNT's that have those just incredible home records, I mean, it's hard to play. It's hard to play away no matter who it is, really. I mean, any player will tell you, and to go into an environment like that and really have to grind it out. And I know you said we're going to talk about Grace Yoakum, but she's come up huge multiple times throughout the season in tough moments, you know, PKs or game winning goals. I think I'm going to butcher this stat, but I know last, as of last week, I think she was leading the NCAA in game winning goals, um, which might get overlooked. But that, I mean, that says something just about her mentality and just the team overall. It is, it's super impressive win at St. Louis because they were really good and, it was early in that kind of second half of the season, too. So you're kind of trying to work out the kinks of taking off for, you know, a couple months and kind of getting back into the swing of things with practices and just the kind of shifting the mentality of the spring from exhibition games to, you know, these games really matter. So that was obviously really impressive. You're exactly right. And then to top it off with UNT as well and just the path they've been on. So they they put together some really quality wins.
1: Uh, that the remain St. Louis has only lost there nine and one so far this season. UNT, and again, a, a back and forth game, one that uh, the OSU didn't lead the entire time either. <laughs> and we talked about St. Louis's streak. North Texas had an eighteen game home winning streak; they hadn't yeah. lost in fifty four matches. Um, UNT is a good soccer program. Uh, OSU trailed at the half two one, and again, this time in double overtime. Gracie Oakum. yeah, game winning goal.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, she's been she's been fantastic and amazing, and, and we knew that she was. But I mean, she has she has come up huge in those two matches. You know, for for a cowgirl squad that that continues to just really get big wins for them in, in big spots.
2: Yeah, no, she's. I mean, it's obviously you can see her stats, but she's just been outstanding. And I know this week we we just talked to Colin. on a lot and talked to Karen too just catching up on season and excited about the remaining games and I know Colin said that she's just she's grown so much since she's been on campus which is hard to believe because she came on campus just firing at all cylinders so for her to just keep getting better and better um, but she's just reading the game really well and she's you know kind of in that that midfield but she knows when to go and join the attack and she's just really smart in her approach and. I mean, her scoring those game-winning goals is not a coincidence. She's right place, right time. She has that winning mentality where she will do, you know, what she has to do for her team to get them to that next level. And they look to her for that, and they look to her for that energy and her fire, and you can tell by some of her celebrations, I mean, just her passion for the game. So she's definitely put on a show. And, um, I mean, and we're talking about one player, OSU has, gosh, they have a ton of really just core key players this season that they can draw from. Grace being one of them. Um, But yeah, I'm excited to see what she'll do against TCU and Notre Dame and kind of as the season closes out.
1: At this point, North Texas is six and two. Uh, They've got one other, one other loss there. Uh, uh, They also lost to uh, this other miss, but again, good squad It's a nice win there. So we fast forward to, there's two matches left on the road at TCU, a TCU squad that won the big 12 this past fall a uh, TCU mm-hmm. squad that OSU had a 1-0 lead over at home late into the into the game
2: mhm
1: TCU tied it up late got a quick score in overtime to get that win. I was a really disappointing game for OSU back in October and now they'll head to Fort Worth uh, this coming Saturday for an opportunity for for revenge to to, mm-hmm. to maybe end things better than they did the last time these two teams matched up. I'm, I'm curious your perspective on the team OSU now versus then. I mean, we thought OSU could get that win. Obviously I think TCU was better than either you or I really realized at the time. Right. I mean, this is still a t- good TCU squad. What what do we think are your real expectations for this Saturday?
2: I I think this. I mean, I'm really excited for this game. And I mean, you mentioned that TCU has such a good team this year, and that that game in the fall left such a bad taste. And I I mean, I know OSU fans, but definitely the players because you know they have that standard that they've set, and they know the caliber of players they have and what they're capable of. Um, and I think that heading into this game. They're just mentally, they're all on the same page and they know what it takes to whether they all, you know, if if someone has an off day, someone else steps up, they know what it takes to grind out close wins um, and away games. You mentioned those two really big time away wins that they've had early on in the season. So they've proven to others and themselves that they can do that against tough teams. And TCU likes to play soccer. They like to have the ball on the ground. Um, They like to keep possession. They're really well coached. And I think that OSU matches up well because you have players, you know, like Gabriella Coleman and Grace Yocum and Olivia Dowell and where they can play direct if they need to, but they like to play on the ground. They like to be creative and they like to combine. And I think that this is going to be a great matchup between the two teams because both like to play similar styles of soccer. Um, and I think OSU is, is at a point right now in the season where they're playing with a lot of confidence. Um, whereas last season it was, Just, you know, it was really bizarre, just the whole COVID thing and kind of week to week. And it's still that way to some extent, but they've kind of settled into a rhythm. They're more familiar with their roles and they know what they need to do when they're used to, you know, one game a weekend and kind of the practice schedule. And I think that it's coming at a really great time for them. Um, I feel good about it. I think they're going to do great.
1: Uh, TCU, like I mentioned, winning the Big 12 this year. Uh, Now, as far as the spring schedule goes for TCU, their their first two games were canceled. Uh, they had one against Baylor and another against Texas State. Those had not played. Uh, TCU beating Oklahoma 2-0 as well when they were off this past week. They have OSU and then road games at a and a home game against Notre Dame. Speaking of Notre Dame, we'll, we'll wrap on this. Anna, that is OSU's last game on the schedule, a big one on April 11th on Sunday at mm-hmm. noon against Notre Dame. Now, look, I, I understand the Fighting Irish aren't what they normally are. They're 6-5 and five on the season. They're still a good squad they're always yeah. a, a really good soccer program but they're not what they normally are still getting Notre Dame in Stillwater is, is a is a big opportunity for the cowgirls mm-hmm. what are you, what are your thoughts on that game coming up here in, in just a couple
2: weeks yeah you're right it's huge um I mean I mean you said it Notre Dame they're not they're not doing well as historically they've done in the past but they're still just a really really solid team um and I think you know, at that stage in the season, it doesn't matter who you're playing. OSU is going to be laser focused on getting that win. But it's hard to it's hard to look ahead when you, you know, have teeth in front of you still. So I know Colin in the locker room and they're all just laser focused on that game because it's kind of one foot in front of the other um, just with this season and two really, really good teams left on the schedule. But, yeah, bringing Notre Dame to Stillwater is just big for the school, big for the program and to, to host them, it will be a great game and, you know, something to definitely get up for. I mean, those are the types of games that, you know, as a young player, you kind of, you dream of, you go to these schools, you want to play in these big games and play these big programs. And that's one of them to, to host, you know, Notre Dame, a, a solid, solid program is, is a big deal.
1: Yeah. Like it's, uh, it's been a really good spring season for OSU. Uh, they've got two, two more matches to close this out. A, a perfect seven zero stretch here would be really impressive. I mean, we, as mm-hmm. we mentioned, you know, TCU's had games canceled. Notre Dame had has had spring games canceled. OSU so far has not had to deal with that yet. Fingers mm-hmm. um, crossed that both this TCU and Notre Dame go. Yeah, um, look, I think OSU is playing right now like we thought they would be playing in the fall, and yeah. they they played well by the end of that fall sl- stretch. Mm-hmm. Um, that that having the West Virginia Baylor TCU Kansas run all in a row turned out to be really tough early in the season for them. And I think that kind of, that kind of bit them, Um, but they're playing their best. And so I'm I'm really excited for this, this Saturday's matching at TCU. I'm, I'm really hopeful that is on ESPN plus Uh, the Notre Dame match will be on ESPN plus. Those are two great ways uh, to hear Anna Mm -hmm. here as she uh, calls the match for the cowgirls. Anna, how, how has it been this season uh, getting to, to call soccer?
2: Yeah, it's been super fun. I mean, selfishly, I wish I wish we had more. I'm kind of bummed we only had OU and Notre Dame that were getting picked up, but um, no, it's a blast. I love Mike's super easy. We have a lot of fun doing it and the girls make it easy to talk about. And I always joke with Colin that it's such a fun gig because I can still be involved in OSU soccer and keep up with everything. And I he doesn't yell at me anymore. So it's, it's, not, it's a win for both of us, but no, I'm excited for the Notre Dame game. That'll be huge, and we're we're looking forward to it. Awesome.
1: Uh, obviously, uh, whatever version of the NCAA tournament comes out, we're still not entirely sure what that's going to look like, but that'll start on April 23rd. Uh, so, Anna, thanks for joining us, and uh, and we'll make sure and get you back on. I have, a, I have a pretty good feeling OSU will be participating in the postseason this year. What with with their records so far, um, at 11-2 and one, you know, even depending upon what happens here, it feels. I feel pretty confident that OSU mm-hmm. will be playing some sort of postseason um, as far as the NCAA tournament goes. So I will get you back on once we know what that looks like. Uh, and everybody, again, if you've got ESPN Plus, this Saturday at 5 p.m., OSU-TCU, Next, the following Sunday, April 11th at noon, OSU-Notre Dame. If you're not in Stillwater and can't make it to that match, if you can, go do so. Yeah, I would, I would advise you to do.
0: Joining me now is Colton Lovelace. He is the video coordinator for OSU Baseball. He's a great Twitter follow, posts a lot of clips of pitching and some other highlights from games during the year, does a lot of work with a lot of technology in Oberate Stadium, and he's going to talk to us about his role in the season so far. How's it going, man? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you for joining me. I'm really excited. We have the opportunity. We, you know, we talk a little bit, you know, text and stuff during games, but actually get to kind of nerd out about baseball on this podcast. It's not something I get to do very often, so I'm pretty excited to, to kind of dive deep into what uh, how the season's gone so far.
3: Yeah, and no, I'm excited. Not many people like to talk about the advanced numbers with me, too, so... Yeah, that's uh,
0: that's kind of my jam is is getting into the numbers a little bit because that's I mean baseball is a game that's built around that but there's so much more to it now and so many you know peripheral numbers and technology uh, that's helping drive the game forward and really you're kind of at the forefront of that for Oklahoma State baseball you work a lot with Rapsodo and Edutronic stuff for pitching which are like high speed cameras for those that don't know that you know in real time give you spin rate and velocity and all the you know it goes super super deep we're not going to go that far uh just for you know sake of audio but talk about what, what what it's like working with that and how you know uh and how things have gone so far this season using that
3: yeah no there's a there's a lot of power at your hands when you're uh when you're using that um no it's fun i mean the guys really like to use it, you know, they always – they text me or Hub. Hub's the, the real famous oh, guy. On these I love cards.
0: Hub. That, that's a good dude right there.
3: Yeah, he's a great dude. That's my guy. He uh, He's made the transition a lot easier over here. Um, but, no, like, the guys will text us asking, you know, like, hey, can you get Rap Soto set up for a pen today? You know, we get the Edgestronic out. You know, like, Rob's going to be out there. You know, we'll have the laptop going, Soto, me, like, on the iPad, and we'll split it going, you know, double barrel. Um but, yeah, you know, it's uh, – the guys really um, – I think they've really taken to it. Um, you know, there's there's definitely some guys that when they get on it, they don't want to – they just want to get on their pin and get on the mound and go. Um, but there definitely are some guys that are uh, – they want to make sure that the rap soda's out there and you know, they'll throw a pitch and they want to see their spin efficiency. And, you know, they immediately start talking with Rob. You know, if they if they're throwing something that's low in efficiency, you know, Rob's right there to – immediately start talking with them over, you know, like what they're doing wrong, you know, hand and uh, wrist position, like all that stuff. So, you know, it's a uh, it's great tool to have and our guys are using it really well. And like I said, it's a lot, of, a lot of power in my hands when I'm using it. Have you seen anybody,
0: specifically the pitchers, and the pitchers have been awesome Oklahoma, for Oklahoma State this year overall. Uh, there have been a lot of guys that you, you've seen the jump uh, from last year to this year, even in a shortened year, you could see, see the dump, the jump. Are there any is there anybody in your short time here that you've seen that from using that technology from you know the first you know first time you got here, you know, around the winter to now, like who's progressed the most? Uh definitely one that
3: I know off the top of my head is Roblesky. He uh oh, yeah. Robo, Robo's a big guy with that. You know, he's he's texting Mirror Hub, uh, whatever he's throwing his pin throughout the week. Like he really wants you to have that rep soda unit out there um to make sure he's you know, staying through the ball, you know, on his, you know, on this curveball slider, making sure that all the numbers on that are what he wants it at. You know, he's a, he's a really bright kid. And I think that from when I came in, you know, his VLO was a little higher back in the winter, obviously he's starting and throwing a lot more innings now. Um, But, you know, just, just him knowing that he has all that data there and, you know, he's, he's a super smart kid. And, uh, you know, he's, when, when him and Rob talk about all that stuff, you know, he's, He's almost driving the conversation because he knows all that stuff. You know, he follows up with the, the new trends and all that stuff. And um, he's definitely made the biggest leaps uh, in terms of data and all that and seeing that correlate to in-game and, you know, and that, you know, he's got a high-spin fastball, so he likes to, you know, he's getting the strikeouts top of the zone and, you know, his, his curveballs speaks for itself. I mean, it's really nasty. Everything uh, he throws flashes plus
0: especially oh, yeah. with the spin he gets at his fastball at the top of the zone. It's, night, you know, on a good day, he goes up to 95, but, you know, 90, 92, 93, but can spin that thing above the letters and get swings and misses consistently. Uh, I've talked to a couple of scouts that love his stuff, and the stuff play is like can play in the big leagues with a little more refinement. It's all about fastball yeah. command at this point. And if he can fine-tune that and start putting – instead of kind of spraying his fastball all over the place, if he can
3: get to, you know, an average command guy, uh, He's he's going to be a big-league pitcher in some capacity for sure. Yeah, no, 100%. I think, you know, his he's working on it, too, a lot more. And actually, against West Virginia, um, I mean, people are going to see the fiver and runs and all that stuff, but I thought his stuff actually was looking pretty good. Um, the umpire was kind of squeezing him a little bit. But, you know, he he was throwing his changeup a little more, too, and that's something that he's been working on with Rob um, to kind of add in is just to, to change the eye level and stuff um, of the hitter. And I think once he, like you said, the fastball command, um, when that changeup starts – You know, he really gets a feel for that and getting out in front of it and getting through it. You know, it's going to be it's going to be a game changer too, to add on to the other pitches that are already super, super good.
0: So speaking of Rob Walton, what's it like to work with him, you know, in his vast knowledge of the game and, you know, all that he does. He's done for Oklahoma State pitchers before really even using a lot of this technology, which is pretty recent for him as far as I know. Mills um, started yeah. using Trackman and you know a couple of seasons ago. So yeah. what's it like working with him and you know having your knowledge of you know being a little more you know technologically advanced and things like that combined with his you know newfound knowledge of this stuff and all of you know his knowledge beyond that of just playing the
3: game on the field? Yeah, no there's a there's a reason why his nickname's the wizard. I mean yeah. it he is unbelievable. I mean, honestly, he probably doesn't need all the technology stuff because I mean his his there's a reason he wears glasses. No no offense, Rob, but, I mean, he's, like, everything he sees, I mean, you know, you'll see a drawing camera, you know, guys, like you know, when they're not getting straight behind their fastball, you know, they'll look back at it and, like, you know, we'll have it ready for him to watch and everything. And he's already, you know, telling somebody, you know, like, hey, like, you know, you're not getting through it all this stuff. Like, his eye is unbelievable. Um, You know, everything, just being here since I got, you know, I got here in January, I've tried to learn from him is much as much as possible i ask him a crap ton of questions i mean he's he's great i mean you know there's big league teams that have called in the off season asking you know to make him minor league pitching coordinator and all that stuff and you know and he stayed here and for his love for oklahoma state um you know there's a there's a reason he's one of the top pitching coaches in the country um and another thing too is i mean he can you know when we go into a series he knows like where, what city you were born in as a hitter. Like, I mean, it is unreal. Like he can, he knows how to pitch to a guy. I mean, you know, he knows, he knows going in on Friday night, how, how they're going to pitch you the third time through the order. Like it's, it's ridiculous. Like I've never seen this before in my time um, being in college baseball, just the, the preparation that goes into him preparing for a series and his knowledge of knowing just how to attack hitters. It's, it's second to none. Yeah, it's special
0: to watch, especially when you see a guy just on, and you know that. I mean, Rob's the one pulling the strings, but you know he. But there's so much preparation and work that goes into every single pitch for him and the the hitter or the pitcher, and the catcher uh, to all yeah. be in sync and on the same page. And when they're when it's clicking, which we've seen a couple of times this season with some of these
3: starts, you know, it's special. Yeah, yeah, it was funny. I think it was either last week or the week before Justin was given his interview. Campbell and you know somebody asked him about you know like how he was feeling or something and he kind of laughed and he's like rob he's like it's all rob he's like i just throw it where rob tells me to throw it and what to throw like (laughs) pretty much they're not really like they're kind of the puppet but they're not but it's really it's rob that's telling them you know like you know fast follow away you know change up i love when we go change up oh like all that stuff it's great <laughs> yes, yeah, so I I mean I I pitched in high school. Wasn't very good, but
0: love just the mechanics of pitching and everything <laughs> that goes into it the the chess game that it goes pitch to pitch. And I love trying to think about how they go. Whenever I see an OO changeup, yes, I love it. Yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah. Well, especially I,
0: I didn't throw hard, so I had to pitch backwards to people because I was throwing all yeah. 77
3: from the left side. Like I got to go change up early. Yeah. No, that I would much rather watch somebody that like Parker. like Barker's going to be 86, 88. Out of the bullpen, he touched 91 the other night, which was awesome. But um, you know, like just seeing somebody like him, like he's not going to blow you away with his fastball. But he has, I mean, you know, four seam cutter, curve, you know, change up, like all this stuff. Like it's as a hitter, that's the worst at bat. You know, yeah. you're going to get any of those four pitches in any any count. Um, I would much rather face somebody that's coming in throwing 98 you know that you're getting 98 then having Parker up there. And there's a reason why Parker's had the success this year that he's had. Yeah, for sure. You're, you're not a Friday starter in the Big 12 by accident. Like, I mean, no. That means
0: you're, you're the guy. And yeah. you know, Oklahoma State, I mean, and that's not a knock on Osmond or Robleski or Campbell, but Scott's been that dude for years now. And, you know, yeah. he's proven it this year. So you were –
3: just give a little bit of background. So you were a student manager at KU, correct? Yes, sir. Uh, uh, from 2016 to 2020. I was a student manager for Coach Price with the Kansas baseball team. Um, he brought me on. I'm from Lawrence, Kansas. Went to Lawrence High. Um, born and raised a Jayhawk. Sorry, uh, <laughs> but
0: I mean, I'm from that area. I get it.
3: Yeah, no, it was uh, it was a great four years. I I test everything I know. Um, all the opportunities, you know, I was blessed that they uh, they spent the money on the Edstronic camera, TrackMan. Rap Soto, hit tracks, blast motion, all this stuff for me to help or pretty much spearhead myself when I was there. Um, and that's how I've gotten all the experience with all these different technologies. Um, but everything I've learned, you know, Coach Bryce is a great guy and, you know, I would, I would die for him.
0: Yeah, uh, and that's so cool. And I that's one thing that I wish I would have done is kind of is be a student manager or be around the program be, to get around some of that technology because as much as I want to work in baseball, like you have – leaps and bounds ahead of where I, I'm, I'm at because you have all this access to the technology and you're around it you know how to apply it. And, you know, you're going to go work and you told me off, off air you're going to go do an internship in the Appalachian league doing all mm-hmm. that video coordinator stuff. Like that's, that's awesome. I'm so, I'm excited for you, dude. That's, that's really, really cool. Um, but what have you taken from, you know, is there anything that you've taken from your time at KU as a student, as a student manager? And now, now that you're a GA at OSU, is there anything you've taken to try and, you know, blend some of your experience
3: and, you know, help move Oklahoma State forward in that regard? Yeah. So the big thing when I came and interviewed with Josh in December is uh, I, so there's a program it's called BATS um, that yeah. all all 30, you know, professional teams use it. Like all the minor league teams use it. Like uh, most college teams use it in Oklahoma State. had never used it before I got here. And when I interviewed with them, he asked if that was something that I could do. And I, I mean, I could do it pretty much with my eyes closed at this point. I've done it for five years now. Um, but it's a, it's a video software that I ran at KU and it's a four camera, uh, system. Um, it goes off the center field camera. Um, but there's a open face of the right-handed hitter, left-handed hitter. And then you put one behind home. So you get like a field view. Uh, and it goes in, you know, I'll tag the game on a laptop during the game up in the press box um, and then afterwards, I trim it up, clip it up, and then spit it out. And it's very, it's a super good tool for, you know, people to analyze, you know, the pitchers to watch their, you know, it's like their pitches, you know, their game, their sequences, all that stuff. Um, all the hitters to watch how they're pitched, you know, their swings from the side. If they were, they were feeling something that they didn't feel like they were doing well going into the game or after the game, like, you know, they can immediately go watch it. You know, I send it to them. Um, that was, that was the big, with Josh coming over, um, that he wanted me to try and implement here. Um, and I, I'm sure people have seen it. Um, there's two little handheld tripods that go on top of each dugout. Those are mine. Um, there's a center field camera that goes out next to the, uh, ESPN plus feed. That's mine. Um, and then I put one up on the very top of the stadium to angle down for a, uh, defense perspective. Um, but that, that was the biggest thing from KU that I've, I've, I've definitely brought to the table at OSU, um, helping the helping hub with them and having the experience with, you know, the tronic and the Rapso and all that, that was a big plus. Um, one thing I got into my last two years at KU was making spreadsheets and databases and all that stuff for the coaching staff and then how to, you know, easy ways to spit the information out to the players. Um, I brought that over too. I've been doing those weekly um, to give to the coaches to see all the advanced stats and stuff. So just stuff like that, you know that I kind of got my feet wet at KU and uh, solidifying that. You know, and I've got a really good system now. Go three months in, you know, on how to do it in a timely manner, and you know, give it to the coaches in a good, good way. Yeah, that's also. Awesome. I've seen. I've been. I'm pretty familiar with the bat system. I spent a lot of
0: time when I did my scouting internship in the 19 season. Uh, going to between Tulsa and Oklahoma City, spending time with the the video coordinator for the Dodgers mm-hmm. uh, that was in Tulsa, and seeing that all the those cameras hooked up, combined with the TrackMan system, all working yep. together at the same time to see all that data in real time was so cool uh, to be able yeah. to, to see that. And so I know when TrackMan moves over, and you're actually able to get it in over it, which is the kind of the one knock on the stadium, yeah. beautiful stadium, <laughs> the fact that you don't have TrackMan. Um, yeah, my one of my buddies is a director of analytics for K
3: State baseball, and there he goes. Joel, yeah. the stadium is awesome. There's no track now. Like,
0: yes, yes, I know.
3: Yeah, we uh, we heard it from him after the series. They were wanting all the data and stuff, and yeah. we had to tell them, we're like, "Sorry, man. Like, eighty million dollars stadium. Like, it's, it's the best in baseball, but no track man. Yeah, we, we do not have track man, sadly. Yeah. All right,
0: so let's talk about the season itself a little bit. Eighteen seven and one on the year. Kind of a weird roller coaster stretch for Oklahoma State, where you go. You start season ten zero and one, then you lose six of eight, and now you've won six of seven. You know, talk about what that's been like to kind of see the you know the highs of the, the way the season began, then you drop a couple of series, and now you're starting to find your find the way again. Now, obviously, mm-hmm. that stretch in the middle of the year was playing Vanderbilt and Texas Tech. Like, those are two of the best teams in the country. You know, two of the top five at least. So. You know, they, you're gonna you're gonna take your lumps there, but then you come back, you sweep, uh, you sweep K State, you take two or three from West Virginia. Things seem to start I me mean, going back on track a little bit.
3: Yeah, no, it's uh, it's been a it's been a roller coaster for sure. Um, there's a reason why we play bandy, and you know, have tech after that. You know, that's Oklahoma State baseball. I mean, that's we're gonna be the the toughest team in the country going into you know Big Twelve tournament and regionals by the end of the year, just with the schedule we play and. I mean, even with adding UNCW this weekend, I mean that's a they're a super super good team. Um, we don't we don't want to play the uh, you know teams that were you know we're we know we're an easily handle. You know it's uh we want the best of the best. Um, you know that's it it showed. I mean facing Kumar facing Leiter, you know getting Texas Tech staff. You know Burtzill Montgomery the Sunday guy was up to ninety five against us, which was a shock. Um, but I mean, you know, that's that was a good test. You know, I'd rather have that happen in March like it did. Um, but you know, losing losing some tough games, that Missouri State game was tough. Um, but I the, you know, the teams really the last couple of weeks is we're really fine on our stride. Um, nowhere near a finished product at all, which is a great thing. Um, but you know, just the just the mentality of the guys and the coaching staff it's been it's been terrific i mean every day they come in there's guys two hours three hours before first pitch or uh first uh practice time like you know they're in there working in the cages they're out there getting infield work i mean it's you know the the work ethic of this team the want and you know the need of each guy you know they want to succeed they want to win a national title i mean it's it's second to none i mean they're uh i mean you know you lose the, the the game in missouri state and you know, I'm walking out and there's guys in there hitting in the cages after the loss. I mean, that's, that just shows how, you know, dedicated this, these guys are. And, you know, they take those losses hard, but at the same time, I mean, the next day, you know, that's the good thing about baseball. It's a new day. Um, so, I mean, it's been a, it's been tough, um, but we're still, I mean, still 18-7 and seven and one. Um, yeah,
0: that that one's still, there's no ties in baseball. Stop it. That, no. that, that bothered me to to no end. Um, no,
3: that was, that was, that was, yeah, that was bad. The the attitude in the locker room was not good after yeah, that. I, I can't <laughs> so. imagine why, yeah.
0: but that, That's always been the kind of the funny trend watching Josh Holiday coach teams is Oklahoma State, they usually start off the year well. There's some head scratchers mm-hmm. in there, some of those midweek games where it's like how the heck do you lose to pick a mid-major school? And then yeah. right around this time of conference play, they're playing their best baseball, which is what you want to see, leading sure. into the, to the conference tournament and regionals and supers. And I've said it all along, this is one of the top three teams in the Big 12. You're, this is a team that's going to legitimately compete with TCU and Texas Tech for the conference title. And that's what we're seeing right now. They're still sitting third in the Big 12. They still have that big, a big series of TCU coming up. But they're sitting really pretty right now. And some of the guys, a lot of guys are really hitting their stride Pitching wise, Justin Campbell, who I saw the other day, I didn't even realize it, is second in the entire country in ERA. It's sub one with Jack Lyon. Like he's up there with Jack Lyre, folks. Um yeah, you saw there, Jack Lyder did to us and what he's doing in the SEC. Justin Campbell's been that good this year. Um, Bryce Osmond's figuring it out a little bit. Brett Stanley's been nails out of the bullpen. Uh, Christian Encarnacion on strand has been one of my favorite players in recent years. Watch Brooklyn State baseball. And he's just hot as all hell right now. One one point, oh, something OPS so far is just – yeah, it's, it's
3: insane.
0: Stupid. Nolan McClain, like Brock Mathis. It, like the list just goes on and on for guys. Um, but where – you know, how do you think they're, they're shaping up right now? Am I pretty on track that I think they're really playing some of their best ball right now? Oh, 100%. Yeah. I mean,
3: I think it's funny every time that Josh writes a lineup that, you know, he gets the luxury of putting Brock in the eight hole. I mean, yeah. that's, that's just stupid. I mean, I don't, personally, I don't think there's any other – Big 12 teams that have the depth we have, pitching and hitting, honestly. Yeah, that, that's uh, very true. Uh, but, yeah, no, it's, uh, you know, Bryce is, you know, he's he's got a lot of expectations on him. I think he's done really well. Um, uh, Brett out of the bullpen, I mean, he's Brett. I mean, you know what he's getting. It's 26 strikeouts, two walks right now, you know, high win I mean, it's, it's stupid, um, you know. And that's the fun thing, too, about these guys is, you know, you could literally throw – you know, of the four starters, they don't care where they're thrown. They don't care if they're the Tuesday guy. They don't care if they're the Friday guy. You know, it's – every every game matters. And especially, I mean, good teams, great teams win midweeks too. That's a yes. huge thing. And, you know, people will knock and you're like, oh, oh you know, you can move down to the midweek start or whatever. Like, that's – I mean, that's a super, super, super important game. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the good thing about this mentality of this team is – I mean, you could put Christian in the nine hole and he's not going to complain. Like, that's, that's just how locked in they are right now, especially these last two weeks, like you said. Um, it's just the mentality's there. I mean, like what I said, the work ethic's there. Um, the right guys. I mean, it's, uh, there's a lot of fun stuff happening. Yeah, it's such a fun team to watch. I was really excited
0: coming into this year. You know, you, you lost a couple of guys. I it, the thing that sucks the most about this team, and it's not it's not a knock on anybody on the field right now, but I wanted a full season of Caden Polkovich. We didn't get that last year. He was playing Big Twelve Player of the Year caliber yeah. ball last year. He goes pro. Ben Leaper, who I've I've known for many years, you know, but he was he was up to ninety eight out of the bullpen. He goes pro. But yeah, then I looked. It was big. like, yeah, yeah, that it was nuts. Uh, yeah. But you look at the around this roster; it's still incredibly veteran laden with guys like Carson McCusker. So glad He's back. Houston Morrill, when he you know he went down for a little bit, you know then you get a guy like uh, like Matt Golda come you know comes up. Uh, Nolan McClain really has solidified himself as a true freshman. Oh yeah, and he throws ninety seven off off the mound. We haven't gotten to see that that yet, but I'm excited for that. Campbell hits when they put him in the lineup. You know, Cabinets has really impressed me a lot this year. Um, you know, it's still kind of tough lefty lefty, but. He's one of the better defensive outfielders in all of college baseball. Got yeah. an absolute hose of an arm, but and then it goes back to Encarnacion Strand. Uh, he's he's the the guy in that lineup. When he comes up to the plate, you're expecting a 400 foot home run every time. Which you're not. It's not going to happen in baseball, but you know he can he can drop diesel whenever he wants. I mean, hell, he yeah. went over the scoreboard against K State, which is just absurd. You were sitting there. Yeah, that's on. a regular.
3: That's a regular occurrence in BP. <laughs> oh,
0: I, oh, he. Oh my God, he's got to put on a show in BP. My goodness. Yeah, him and him
3: and Nolan are on the same group, so that's uh, that's, that's
0: just a fun not BP
3: group to watch. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but then uh, Brock
0: Mathis, who struggled a lot last year, um, he like, at least offensively, completely different player this year, which I think has been one of the the mo- better, pleasant surprises on the team so far. It's a lengthy lineup. I've said it all year, and the pitching staff, when they can find that right bridge to Stanley and the ninth inning, of the game is over. It's just finding those guys. I think Cale Davis has been really good in spurts. Uh, J- Trevor Martin to have a true freshman that you can bring in in a high leverage situation. You know, John Kelly's throwing you know just frisbees up there. You know, when Zach Cable's right, which we haven't seen a ton of this year, uh, but when he's it's 98 with a you know a plus split. Like there, there's not much you can do with that at college level. So there's a no. lot to like, i still firmly believe this team can compete for Omaha. It's just a matter of the right, the right regional. And if they can host, then I feel really good about them at least getting to supers and going from there. But with the way that things are rolling right now and the way they're playing the best ball, if they can beat TCU and take two or three, this is a team that's going to probably, that can very well mess
3: around and win the big 12. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, next weekend is a uh, not, not knocking their series against UNCW at all but I mean next weekend is going to be a huge series you know TCU's won nine in a row they just swept OU and Norman Um, they're they're a really good team you know Texas is a really good team they just swept my Jayhawks Um, you know Texas Tech is Texas Tech Uh, they had a tough one at K-State but you know it's this like I said earlier and and I'll stand by it too I firmly believe that our depth is by far the best in the Big 12 I mean the guys that even Mitch on the bullpen. I mean, Mitch Stone. Mitch has been huge oh, yeah. at the bullpen. Um, you know, Colton Bowman. He's disgusting from a lefty. That, uh, that left curveball left.
0: is just oh, it's so good.
3: Oh yeah, I mean, it's it's plus. It, you know, the spin rate on it. And, you know, the the horizontal break on it is ridiculous when you oh, see it on the wraps up and everything. But the guys like that, you know, that those they're all to, They all know they have to. They have to step up at some point, point. Um, and they will when they get their moment. But just to know, and they haven't, you know, it's it's not really meshed together yet. But there's gonna be a time where it just all clicks, um, and you know, you'll get six innings, seven innings out of your starter, and you know, Rob's gonna turn and look through the bullpen, and he has eight, nine options, you know, to go, or I guess seven or eight, because you know, Brett's going in the in the, in the ninth or a high rating. leverage like eighth inning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's ridiculous, and. You know, just the lineup too. I mean, you know, Jackson Cruel, when he's come in, uh, you know, he had a triple the night we lost on Friday night against West Virginia. But that you know, was cold. That
0: was cold off the bench, wasn't it? Was that a pinch hit? Mm-hmm. That was a pinch
3: hit. Yeah. No, he's uh, he's just he's just scrappy, man. you know, like mm-hmm. Josh. Josh compares him to Brett Gardner, and I. You I know, can that, see that. Yeah. It's a great it's a great comp for him. I mean, he just puts the ball in play. You know, he's a he's a hell of a defender. Um, but, I mean, just guys like that, you know, like Golda. Golda's a plus defender. You can put him anywhere. Um, Max is the jack of all trade. You know, he'll catch six innings, and then he'll play two in- two innings at short, and then he'll finish the ninth at second. you know, that's just we expect that out of Max, and Max is going to give you that every time he goes out. But, like I said, like, the expectation is to win the Big 12. And, you know, the depth, the depth is there. You know, the guys are – that's the scary part, and I said earlier, is, you know, this team hasn't fully clicked yet. And we're still in the position that we're in right now. Yeah, if, if there's one guy that I think
0: is going to be really key for this team moving forward is Caden Trinkle, and he he sat the two. He really struggled at the beginning of the year. That kid is so tooled up that I knew he was going to find a way to to come around. He sat those two, the first two games against Vandy, and then I think he went eight for seventeen. You know, moving forward, and then he had the RBI. He had the RBI knock against uh, to, against OU to win. When he's right, and if he's right at the top of that lineup, man like it just sets the table for everybody else. And when these guys start frenzy hitting, which they can do at times, you know, and you got, you got anybody in that lineup can go bridge just about, I mean, hell Houston Morrill hit a ball out, but I don't know the wind had to have been blowing about 40 miles an hour out to to (laughs) everywhere in the outfield at that, during that game on the Saturday. But when you got guys, we got a guy, any guy one through nine that can get you a knock or go bridge or take a walk, which these guys are so good. They're so disciplined. I feel so good about where this team is at. And that's why I haven't been worried. You'll, you're going to drop a game here or there. It's just baseball. It's the way the yeah. way things go. Like, even Vanderbilt, Arkansas, they lose games. Like, it happens. Yeah. Um, you know, heck, like I said, K-State, who I don't think is that great, they took two or three from Texas Tech. So no, that's yeah. the kind of stuff that can happen throughout the year. But when you're playing your best ball at the end of the year, then you're setting yourself up really nicely, and that's what I think this team can do. Uh, Colton, this has been awesome. Thank you so much for letting us, you know, letting me nerd out about baseball a little bit. I know you appreciate <laughs> it as well. But we'll have to do this again sometime soon. Uh, hopefully, right around regionals, we'll have to do it again. But for those that maybe don't follow you, follow what you're doing, like all the videos you post
3: and stuff, where can they do that? Yeah, so uh, my Twitter, it's Colton underscore Lovelace, without an E at the end. Um, that's my Twitter handle. I, I like to do uh, like two or three gifts you know, a week of guys, um, posting all that stuff You know, I'll post all the advanced numbers that of guys that'll do all that. Um, you know, with, you know, chase rate, that's all stuff that I completely nerd out about, but you know, I usually post all the Twitter stuff. As soon as we get tracked, man, we will have a data analytic Twitter account. So that's uh, coming in the future. Um, but for now it'll be online, but yeah.
0: All right, man. Well, thank you so much. And let's hope that uh, the series against UNC Wilmington, which just got announced yesterday, I believe, they're supposed to play Central Arkansas. That series got canceled due to COVID issues. They were able to, I know, like you said, Josh was on like DEFCON 5 trying to find a, an opponent for the weekend. North Carolina Wilmington's coming to Stillwater still. So the, there is still baseball at break this weekend. Long home stand still. Go to the stadium if you haven't. It's amazing. And we'll see how this series goes. Thanks a lot, man.
3: Yep, for sure. Go Pokes. Go Pokes.